0: Welcome to Transformation. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, your host for this podcast series. Transformation is made possible thanks to a grant from CHS Community Giving. Our appreciation goes out to CHS Cooperative and CHS Community Giving. Transformation began earlier this year as a partnership between the Red River Farm Network, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, and numerous stakeholders throughout this region. Our guests this week are Brian and Sarah Klabundi, who farm at Wabin in Minnesota's Monoman County. Brian, between the mud and the delayed harvest, seems like this year has been a, a recipe for farm stress.
1: Yeah, and especially uh, when you look across the state of Minnesota and actually, you know, the tri state area, South Dakota, North Dakota, we've all seen in a, such a widespread area of. Uh, from beginning to end, a late spring is one thing, but then you have areas that had severe flooding right away this spring. Uh, late to get into the into the fields, delayed planting, and you you know a lot of guys had this. Well, you know it's going to be delayed, but we got it in. Let's hopefully we get a nice forgiving fall this year. <laughs> it'll be warm and it'll be dry, and it'll make up for some of those things that we had to push uh, early and i think the october and the start of november here have been quite the opposite of what people were hoping for that's for sure um uh southern minnesota was hit hard earlier this spring this spring um i was just up in the northern red river valley a week ago when the governor was up there and you know beautiful crops up there there's just no way to get at some of them yeah. you know i think the sugar beet and the potato harvest uh is basically over the way it sounds and uh you know, there's some soybeans. When you leave my house in Menomen, uh, you don't have to go very far east, and all of a sudden there's soybeans everywhere. It looks like October 4th, not November 4th or 5th, whatever it is today. So, um, you know, there's a lot of harvest yet to be done in the northern part of the Red River Valley, that's for sure.
0: Sure, so we all know harvest is a stressful time any year, but uh, even more so. I'd, it seems like those stressors, I think, would uh, get amplified through the entire family too.
2: Yeah, I think that... Um these stressors don't just stop with the farmer that's in the field. I think that the significant others and spouses and, you know, even children are seeing the stress that's going on. And, you know, we can't forget about them because they're, they're a part of the farm, you know, not just the man or woman that's out in the field. It's also who's back in the house and who's taking care of the person that comes home stressed every day. <laughs>
0: Probably should have started by way of introduction. You guys are kind of unique because obviously you both uh, on the farm, uh, Brian, uh, vice president with Minnesota Farmers Union, and Sarah, you're you're a nurse but also a mental health advocate. Uh, you're really kind of primed for this uh, this whole issue that we're dealing with, this the uh, the awareness of of mental health.
2: Um, unfortunately, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that right now. I, I feel very lucky and fortunate to have the background that I have and, and to continue educating myself on mental health and, and, and farm stress specifically. Um, you know, I, I try to use it in, in our house, but I also try and use it to advocate for all of our farmers and farm communities out there and to really just use my voice to empower our farmers and their families to come forward and to speak and, you know, to reach that handout when, when it's needed. And also for us to re- remember to check on our neighbors, you know, sometimes people either don't have time or just don't know how to ask for help. So the importance of going to them and making sure that we check on them and, and ask them very specific detailed questions on how they're doing is, is also just as important.
0: I know the two of you participate in a, a, a- one of the safe talk seminars the workshops put on by the the minnesota ag department Uh, they got a a number of uh, trainings going on to prevent suicide in our in our ag communities half day training what made you want to spend half your day uh on a, a topic like that brian
1: well i think part of it came down to we had been on this subject since uh you know early in this year knowing that it's going to be a tough farming year um starting out doing a lot of uh different round tables and different Um, events, dealing with mental health, and as this season continued to see the stress levels going up across the state of Minnesota, especially, um, the the talk of suicide became more of a prevalent in in the uh, out in communities that people were, you know, this is an important topic that needs to get out there to be uh, brought to the forefront. So around, you know, as soon as we heard about it, Sarah and I both signed up right away thinking that this would be good training, knowing who was involved in putting this on, uh, that it would be important for us uh, doing what we do uh,
0: regarding mental health in Minnesota. What did you learn? What, what, what was kind of the things that were talked about in this session, Sarah?
2: I think the most important thing that I learned um, was the importance of being direct. You know, like I just kind of spoke about and not beating around the bush or, you know, just kind of having that passing. Hey, how are you? Great. How are you? Fine. Nice to see you. You know, we need to avoid those types of conversations and gear ourselves more towards, hey, how are you feeling? And having a complete conversation. And if you're feeling like something just isn't quite right, then have the courage to step out and say, do you feel like you want to commit suicide, and being very direct and forward in the way that you ask these questions, because sometimes that's what it takes. And sometimes that's the only way for people to be able to answer you, is if they're knowing what your question actually is.
0: I think sometimes we're apprehensive, even just just saying that word, suicide.
2: Absolutely, sorry, Brian. That was one of the things that we practiced um, during our education session that day, was the instructor at the very end said, okay, who would like to ask me this question. And there probably were, I think like four, maybe five people who had enough courage at that point to directly ask this instructor, you know, either a couple of sentences, but the most important one was, have you been thinking about suicide? And the first time you say it, it is, it's hard. And to say that out loud and, and to, to make it real is extremely difficult, but the more that we talk about it, the more that we say it, the more that we use the word, that stigma is going to break, and it's going to be easier for you to ask those questions.
1: I flunked that exercise. <laughs> it's not easy to do, you know. It's not easy to talk about. One of the powerful things uh, for Sarah and I was it actually hit our family pretty close at the exact right time. Uh, we had some issues to you know that popped up at the rate right before we went to this training that. Um, we're pretty serious.
2: I think it helped us address our situation head on. You know, like I said, it's, it's so easy to beat around the bush when it's a hard subject. And when you are forced to address a certain situation, sometimes you need some tools. And I think that this education and the more that, um, the more education that Brian and I give ourselves, then The more we can not only help our own family, but the more we can help other families and other farmers and other communities. And that's our goal is like, you know, to keep using our voice and to help others gain their voice. Because the more voices we have, the louder we can be heard. And that's the importance that we need to bring farming suicide down. We need to bring the stress level down and we need more tools to figure out how we can do that.
0: I look at farmers, and, and we don't typically announce that we're at our breaking point. We, you know, it's 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 something we're kind of reticent to, to be talking about. Culturally, even, I think it's uh, it's something we don't want to talk about. Are there warning signs that we may see if we don't even get that, that verbal thing that we're talking about? Uh, can you see those signs of stress, maybe some of those warning signs? I,
1: I think we talked about that, and this was maybe more general stress, but it, let's say in the farming community, um, if your friend, uh, you know, people are very, uh, into a routine. A lot of guys go to the coffee shop every, every morning. And all of a sudden, if you haven't seen, uh, one of your friends there for a week, maybe it's 10 days, they haven't been showing up. Um, you know, it's time to, to stop in and have coffee with them. Uh, if somebody is a regular Sunday churchgoer and all of a sudden attendance is non-existent, you know, those are real basic things to, to really look for, um, also general appearance, um, you know, your hygiene is, you know, if it's it's slipping, if uh, you're normally a clean-cut person and all of a sudden, you know, things are drastically different, those are simple but easy things to look for. Or just a down, depressive tone that they talk with, that there's a constant negative, there's constantly, you know, there is never a good day. Um, those are things Not you know, a lot of guys going through a lot of tough, Guys and gals going through a lot of tough things right now. So there's not going to be a lot of um, super excitement out there. But always keep an eye out for the, the basics are the first thing to start with. you know. And those are simple um, that any of us should be looking at, uh, not only if your friend's a farmer, but if your friend works on Main Street or works at the radio station. you exactly. know, Those are generally good human being things to look for.
0: You guys are both very involved in this. Uh, are there resources, things that you personally see that – are out there that can help farmers
2: i I do believe that there are resources out there um i just had a teleconference on my way here um there's a few of us again that are getting together and trying to get these resources out to our farming communities um, which i feel is what's important our farmers cannot always come to us not always they almost never can come to us Um, or you know like you said it's just part of their culture to not come to us and so it's part of our job as advocates to bring the resources to them. And not just to the farmer, but again, to their families, their spouses, their children, to let them know that there is help out there.
1: And and I would also say, uh, MDA has been out in front of this. I think uh, coming through last year's lending season and hearing stories of you know either not getting operating loans or barely getting operating loans, um, they kind of hit the ground running on this this year. Um, Commissioner Tom Peterson's done a great job um, coming into a stressful situation and in his, you know, right away in his career having to deal with one of the most stressful farm situations that we've seen since the 80s, and maybe worse than the 80s. And uh, I think they really deserve a, a, a round of applause, basically, for lack of a better term, on on the efforts they put into this to make sure they're doing what's available this pamphlet I'm holding here, the coping with farm stress, uh, in Minnesota, it's available just about everywhere you go, uh, at a farm show at your FSA office. Um,
2: I even brought some into, um, a couple of the clinics and hospitals that I work in, in Detroit lakes. Um, cause sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily approaching someone, but just giving them a little pamphlet like this to set on the table. And they pick it up and they look at it. And the next thing you know, you can see them stuffing it in their coat pocket or in their purse or wherever, you know, and just knowing that there is somewhere they can go. Maybe they aren't to that point yet, but to have these kind of resources anywhere and everywhere that people are is just another avenue to show them that there are, that there is help out there.
1: And most of these that I've seen picked up and not just handed to, but picked up. Maybe it wasn't for them, but if it was for a sister or a brother or a dad or a mother, um, they were like they would tell tell the story of man. I see the the struggles that are going on in the farm right now. I can see my brother is a different person right now, and you know they'll say I'm not a trained professional, but I see something going on. This hell this isn't going to fix the problem, but it's going to at least if you're somebody identifying a problem. These are very helpful tools to, to take step one on identifying and help getting help to somebody.
0: I think farmers want someone that knows that speaks their language too, that yep. understands Absolutely. what we're dealing with, uh, yep. particularly in a, a harvest season like we're mm-hmm. doing right now.
1: A harvest season, uh, price you know the price environment that we're in right now. Um, yields are you know depending on where you're at in the state of Minnesota or North Dakota or South Dakota. Um, very, there's some good yields and, but with the corn yield, that's high comes high moisture, you know, low price, expensive, uh, drying costs. I mean, there's just really no rosy scenario out there. Um, even if you had a good sugar beet crop and the other half of your region is frozen in the ground, I mean, there's just so many, there's just not a thing that you can bounce out of bed in the morning and say, wow, this is fun to do right now. Cause it is really tough. And, uh, um, so people need support right now.
0: Yeah. Just having that ability to talk and and uh, hopefully creating some awareness is is helpful as well. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about that farmers don't necessarily aren't very
1: forthcoming. Uh, you know when they're in a financial situation or a you know a mental health situation, what what whatever may be causing that. Um, you know it could be a divorce, it could be a death in the family, it could be a multitude of reasons. But um, when people are asked they do tend to talk if you're a farmer or if you're anybody. And uh, I experienced that a lot uh, across the counties that uh, in Minnesota here that, um, you know, I'd get tapped on the shoulder and it, you'd, you'd catch a, a phrase or two and then you'd ask and you'd get follow-up and all of a sudden you would get um, um, output from uh, who you were talking to. And it was really powerful many times. It didn't just happen one time. It was, you know, anywhere from a beginning farmer that, uh, basically put his whole, you know, soul into, you know, rip roaring, ready to go into agriculture. And it's just tanking before he even get off the ground to, um, a gentleman I talked to that, you know, he's probably should be in the twilight of his career with the grain bins full and harvesting a crop and maybe considering retiring. Instead, he's con- trying to figure out where he's going to get the money to put next year's crop in again. And he, doesn't want to do it, but he's in a no financial situation. All of a sudden, to retire, you know th- those. I, those are true stories that you hear from uh, from around the region.
0: And when we look at farms, it's multi-generational many times, and you know you're worried about that next uh, that next family member coming up behind you.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I was going to point that out and kind of piggyback off of what Brian said. I think sometimes we forget about the transition of farms and how difficult that can be, especially when we have the kind of year that we've had. Um, you know, grandparents and parents are, are trying to transition to the next generation, and when the next generation can't get a loan, that makes it really difficult, and it makes it really difficult for the older generation to be comfortable with retiring and, and passing it along, and it makes it difficult for the next generation to take over the farm. And that's a stress that I think we don't talk about enough as well. You know, we we want to keep our family farms in these communities. We have to give them a way to keep the family farm in the family.
0: Lots of challenges. Uh we're always looking for answers. If folks are looking for some some of those answers out there, where can where can they go?
1: Well, here this is a Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline. It's uh free and confidential, twenty-four hours, seven days a week. And um uh, I'll give the number. It's uh eight three three six zero zero Two six seven zero, and you know, on the card is, are these tough times? You need finding uh, confidential financial or legal advice? You know, it. Um, they're here to to put you on the right track. There, are you feeling alone, sad, or worried, and need a listening ear? It's that simple. It's a phone call. You know, sometimes people just need to vent, also, and that can be really therapeutic. Um, just to get something off your chest. That it's. You may never hear from that person. You may never need that person ever again. But in that one moment, um, this is a helpline that can be really helpful. Sarah?
2: Um, I have another one as well. Wellness in the Woods is a tremendous um, non-for-profit organization that has peer specialists. And they also have a warm line, a Minnesota warm line, that you can call or text 24-7. And it's not necessarily you know, the financial or legal aspect that Brian was referring to, this is just if you need someone to talk to, if you need to get something off of your chest, if you need to just say things out loud and, you know, try and talk through a couple of things, or if you want to spill your guts and, and just let it all out, you know, this, this is another number that you can call and you can reach out. And this one is 844 739 Six three six nine. And again, you can call or text. It's completely confidential. You don't have to leave your name. You don't have to leave any other information. It's just some another resource for you to call or text and be able to have someone to talk to.
0: Well, I appreciate both of you coming in and sharing with us today.
2: Well, thank you thank for having you. us.
1: And I truly do appreciate you highlighting the issues that are out there. Um, if if one of the uh, series of podcasts helps one person, it was all worth it, right? And uh, and if you're one of the farmers out there that are struggling right now, re- reach out to somebody. Um, you know, if you want to reach out to me, it's Brian at MFU.org, B-R-Y-A-N. I mean, I'll be the person that will help
0: you out, you know, um, to find that help
1: for you. It, it's, it's really important right
0: now. Again, a variety of resources are also available on the Red River Farm Network website, rrfn.com forward slash transformation. This project funded by CHS Community Giving. Transformation is a partnership between the Red River Farm Network and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. This project began with funding from the National Institute of Health, the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health, and numerous stakeholders, including Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Soybean Council, and Minnesota Corn Growers Association. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.